podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to another Ken 7 podcast. Uh, we've got a bit of a football chat and joining me uh, is the absolute legend, former light welterweight and welterweight world champion and Man City fan, Ricky Atten. Ricky, yeah, thanks Yeah, good to see you. Pleasure, us, no problem. So obviously um, we've got a big game at the weekend. We're going to talk about football first, if you don't mind, and then we'll, we'll go, go and have a little chat about boxing. Um, big game at the weekend. Uh, going into this season... What were your thoughts after the transfer window? Obviously, you brought Grealish in. What were you, what were you thinking going into the season? Listen, we was always going to be in with a shout, aren't we? You know, that, that goes with, um, without saying. Me, personally, I mean, I'm not one of these... Well, I guess I am. I'm one of these fans that always think, always think you know, I turn into the manager, like we all do as football fans. Oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. You can't get a better play in Grealish. If it's right into our team, which with our... The way Pep has us playing with our interactive, you know, with our passing and our moving and off the ball. Grealish fits like a glove, but I um, I just feel like, you know, we don't have a striker. And I know we won the league without a striker, but sometimes you just need that target man, don't you? That gives you another option. And I think that's the disappointment going into to the league. I think it's now you've got us, Chelsea, Liverpool that are going to be in. With a, with a shout, I just thought we should have got a striker piece. Would you have spent that money in a different way then? So would you have not signed Grealish and signed a striker for under million? Like you, you possibly could have I got think, I think I would have done. Yeah, I, I get think that. I think I would have done. Yeah, because you know Grealish is 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 a quality player, but he's just like any other player we've got. You know, we've got great ball players. You know, you know, you you're De Bruyne and you, you know Bernardo Silva and. You know, it's just just so many great on the ball players, and he's another one which is good. But I think um, Chelsea last year they beat us three times, and I think I think they they sussed our way of playing out a little bit, you know. And so if if that don't work, you know, you've got to change it sometimes in football, haven't you? And uh, and I, I I just think you know if if it's not working, you've always got a target man. We, we might get one in January, might get a strike in January. I don't know who, but. Um, yeah, I just think it gives us another dimension. We know we're good on the ball. We know we can pass and move and everything like that. It just, I think sometimes, you know, if you had a target man, we could we could put it on a five pence piece for him, whoever he may be. So know? Lukaku was was. I mean, it, none of the big teams have really signed a striker. Obviously, Messi is a different thing, but Lukaku went to Chelsea. Would, would that have been one that you would have fancied? Yeah, I'd have had Lukaku. Um, I sleep. I don't know, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm you know, quietly. Hoping that we get maybe um, Haaland. Yeah, I think that would be the one. Makes I, sense. And I, th- and I, th- I, th- I think I think I think you'd agree with me in, in saying that the, the 
The reason why Ronaldo's left and the reason why Messi's left because I think the Italian league and the Spanish league it's dying. It's not the it's not the force it force it was. So people, you know, strikers want to. Um, I think strikers want to come and play in the Premiership. So let, let's, let's as far as from City's point of view, let's get older one. You yeah. know what I mean? No, completely. The um, the season's just in its infancy at the moment. What? How do you assess the season for you? You. So it's, it's too. It's too early to go. I mean, I we didn't get a striker, and I thought, well, we're going to need a striker. So I was all a little bit doom and gloom, and I mean, we lost our opening game of the, the season, but we've not looked bad, and you know, in, in the in the Champions League, you know. Um, Last night against PSG, we were great. Didn't take our chances, but uh, when you look at how we we won the league last year, and we, we started, we, we we were crap, but we still won the league. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, it's that easy. To, you know, you can't read too much into where the start of the season has gone because it's a it's a long season. But uh, I think we'll be there. You know, there there thereabouts. I just think a striker would have helped us no end. Just that extra five yeah. percent sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. The um, I think from your rival, City's rivals, like certainly Liverpool, Chelsea. The one thing that we all think about City is they're the team that can go on a twenty-five game unbeaten run. Do you know what I mean? So even though you've started, it's been a bit patchy. You've had some good performances. You've had a loss and a draw. I think, haven't you? Um, we we all have not discounted you at all. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, all yeah, are yeah. still worried about yeah. City. Being able to put. I some, think we just we just got a bigger we got a bigger squad in depth. Yeah. You know, whoever whoever you you know, you can, and the reason why you can switch the team about so much is because he's got so much squad in in, in depth. I think uh, I think what um, didn't help Liverpool when the um, you know a couple um, couple of seasons ago was uh, when they got an injury. They didn't have the squad. City had did they? They couldn't you know you know they couldn't fill the. Um, the, the, the replacements, you know, if you like, where you know we we could have we could have, no, you know, forgive me for saying we could have four to five injuries and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, you know, but with Liverpool because they didn't have their bigger squad, I think that hit them hard last year. I think last year, I mean, any team, if you'd have took three, your three main centre backs out of your team, that would affect you, even you. You know what I mean? I mean, you'd have prone Ferdinandinho back there, but then we did that, and that pulled Fabinho out of our midfield. So it's um, it's tough. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and I hope you don't mind me asking, is that you know Pep made some comments about the fans recently. Oh, did you, you know, did you see that? You know, it's not too much you can say about Pep because he's the man in it. Yeah. Know what I mean, but uh, yeah, you can't be having the uh, you can't be having to pop at the fans. I think that's. Uh, a little bit, little bit, little bit naughty, but you know. Uh, Do you see any any validity in what he said at all? No, I, you know I see where he's coming from because I mean, God, you know, I mean, we went to. I know it was um, Leipzig. We 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 played um, the other night in the you know in the, the Champions League, and and the, it it was the crowd was dead. You know, there wasn't really wasn't really much uh, much happening. And you think, and me personal as a fan, you think. Come on, City! How long have we tried to get in the the, the the Champions League, and now we're in the Champions League? You, you sat with your fat ass on the settee. Do you know what I mean? Let's get so so. I, I see where he's coming from, but I mean, you know, you don't upset the fans. You want your fans on your side, don't you? You know, it's... I get that. I mean, I I kind of think he's coming from. His art's in the right place. What he's trying to say is, we need, you know, we want to use yeah, you. Get behind us. We want know, to use that energy, yeah, you know. And bit, yeah. that's, I think his art's in yeah, the right 100%, 100%, place. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, completely. From outside, um, 
How do you assess Liverpool's chances this season? We've been kind of written off because we've not really signed any. I don't do you think you can written, written off. You've not been signed anything. The, the thing, if I was a Liverpool fan, it's like you can probably tell me. You know, it's like when you won the league and you get some revenue, they didn't, they didn't buy no one. And if and if anything, like Liverpool, the quality squad, they were the best when they, when they picked us to win the league. They were the best team. We, we can't, you know, you've got to hold your hands up and go, you know, they, they were the best team. With a, with a small squad, they didn't have too many injuries and they had a small squad. We were lucky that, that but season. But when you I won think. the league, you'd think, right, there, oh, as a, as a rival, you think, oh, shit, they're going to they're gonna up it now. They're going to buy, you know, and they didn't. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's going to, you know, hurt them ultimately, yeah. Yeah, everyone's better in the the, the squads. I mean, we have only bought one player in Greeley, but I mean, City's if City are the team to catch with the players that they've got in depth and and stuff like that, then for Liverpool to compete with us, they've, they've got to, and they don't seem to be doing it. I don't, I don't. Know it's that. a theme that a lot of Liverpool fans have, you know. Have, have, and do you think have, the owners are like a little bit like United's owners? The Maybe I'm speaking a bit out of, out of... No, not at all. No, not at all. You know, they were... Um, I wouldn't say that they're like they're United's owners. Rather, I mean, rather than getting the players... I mean, United's the, owners have, have, have basically lumped a load of debt onto the, the club. Ours have done quite the opposite, but they're very frugal. Like, they, they only want to run yeah, but it they're responsibly. Not, they're not spending on the team. But they're not they, spending, they need yeah, it, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. But then I think there's, there's partly another thing which maybe someone from outside wouldn't see. Jurgen Klopp doesn't like a big squad. He likes... A, a, a compact squad so that he doesn't have to let people down and it's right, well I, I mean again I'm sat here like a football fan like we all sit on the we all sit on the terrace every week don't we you should be doing this should be doing this, yeah. this and what do I know about football fuck all yeah yeah but you know I think with the way the, the modern game is now you know you've got the league you know the, 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 the Carabao Cup you've got the FA Cup you've got the Prem you know the Champions League you've got you've got so many games I'm not saying I know more than Klopp, but surely you need a big squad to, you know. The games are thick and fast these days. But he sacrifices those, the FA Cup and the thing every year, you know. He just goes, nah, just throw the kids in and then, you know, whereas Pepe's quite big, uh, quite good teams, isn't he? He, he, he plays a big part yeah, in those. Yeah, you know, and it's confidence, isn't it? Yeah. Might, be the, might be the League Cup, it might be, you know, it's confidence building, you know, confidence building for the next game. Yeah. That's what it's... That's what it's all about, and I think uh, it was like God. You needed a big squad, you know. Certainly, when we went in lockdown and we yeah. were playing every two or three days, couple, yeah. couple of couple of days. I think you need the uh, the big squad because I, I think the days of football when you, you know you, you know he's played two games this week, you know. So let's give him a rest, and you know, uh, you know. I think I think that, I think you need to do that. I think you need a bigger, I think you need a bigger squad. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Because it's just I just the way it is. I think no, I agree. Uh, there's a picture on the wall over there of you with um, Vincent Company and Liam Gallagher. Uh, was that is that one of your best football memories after the, you won the league? And well, that that was the night. Uh, that was the time when Aguero scored the was it? Uh, scored the winner, and. Um, I was um, I have my, my season ticket and I have a table in one of the, the lounges. But I was in a, I was in a box for this last game. I see I can't remember whose box it was. And um, 
I'd given up, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd just packed my dummy out, I'd gone, gone in the box, I'd got a bud out the fridge and I'm sat there <laughs> and fucking blew it here. Um, and then um, Deco, the ball come over, Deco scored. And then uh, within a matter of seconds, QPR were safe. They were safe from rele relegation. And then the, because um, Joey Barton got um, sent off. Got sent off that game. Got sent he? off and the, the, the you know, the, the um, you know, the, the, the board come up and it was like five minutes, you know, injury time. And then so I put my beer down, got out of the box. I thought, oh, hang on a minute, we might have half a, half a chance here. And needless to say, uh, Aguero um, put it in. And I was, I, was, I was in a box and Liam, I knew Liam was in a box around the, around the, around the side. And I, I fell on my knees, I was crying, I was fell on my knees and I just looked up and I could just see Liam running round the, round the box. <laughs> and he jumped up and he went, yeah, go on, Rick. He said, are we going out tonight? I went, fucking right, we're going. I said, right, I said, right, we're going out tonight. And we, we come out the main entrance and Liam had a driver there. And we come out the main entrance and all the photographers were there, they were going, going fucking, I bet these two are going to have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, and it, it was. We went to that. That was taken at was like uh, the, the Manche monastery, Man Manchester Town Hall. Oh, was it Town Hall? Yeah, that's it, yeah. where they had the, they had a celebration a reception. You know where the uh, the players all took the wives and that. And Bl you blagged in. I, I took Liam. Quality. <laughs> 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 it was. Uh, yeah, and, and I think you know when you look through Premiership, you know the, the the history of the Premiership, you know the the Championships. God, there will never ever be an end to a season like that, especially for us to beat them down the road. You know, with the last last second kick of the game. Yeah, and I never forget. <laughs> sorry to all the Reds, but on Sky Sports News when they were all like, <laughs> and then went, you what? Oh, and poor Fergie was like, right, come on, let's get the change. I don't think you'll ever uh, horrible. I don't feeling. think I don't think it'll ever be. Uh, it, it can't be. It can't never. Can't be top. There'll never be a season like that ever, ever. No, I agree. Um, just before we move on to boxing, what do you think of the game on Sunday? What What do you think the result will be? Um, it's uh, listen. You know, when City play Liverpool, or you know, Liverpool play Chelsea, or City play Chelsea, I think you know that they're always going to be. They're always going to be tough games. I don't think any any um, result will shock me because you know we're all capable of beating each other on 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 our, on our day. And I think the fact that uh, that had been upsetting for City, you know, uh, you know, you you know, you we beat Chelsea on um, you know on 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 Saturday and confidence is up, and then that you know the midweek game confidence is is down again. But um, I see, I see there being not much in it, to be honest, and let's have it right. Every time we do play Liverpool, there's not much in it. It's tight, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be tight. You know, I think it'll be a... I think it'll be a... I mean, I'm obviously going to go with with with, uh, with City. I just think so much quality. But uh, if, you know, you're asking me to put my last pound on it, I'd say City, but I wouldn't... It's not by much. It's, it's going to be nip, nip and... A draw will be. And I think, you know, if you're going to play Liverpool and, and people like the Chelsea, I'd, I'd rather play them at this early stage in the season where it doesn't matter because if we was like, you know, like, what, we're, like, you know, five, four or five games in, I'd rather play them four or five into the season than four or five from the end where it's going to where it's gonna make a bigger deal. But, I mean, uh, it would be nice for, for Liverpool fans, uh, you know, just to... Uh, Listen, there, there. You know, Chelsea's 
probably our nearest rival. Liverpool are probably uh, probably there. It'll be interesting to see what they're all about. Yeah, it's that early in the season. I think that's that's the the top and uh, it's a big test for both sides. And I, I think it'll be a draw. That's the top and bottom of it, you know. Yeah, totally. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around thirty premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction, and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. So I'm just moving on to boxing. I, I spoke to a few people um, who are massively into boxing, my, my family and my godson's actually a, a professional boxer. Um, they, a lot of them wanted to know why you started boxing, what inspired you to, to get into boxing. Well, it's normally something that is passed through down the family tree, isn't it? You know, either your dad's done it or your granddad or anything like that. But nobody in my family had ever ever done boxing. It was mainly a football family. My dad played for Manchester City in the reserves, you know, in the years of um, Tranny Lee, you know, Bowley and some of it. And he played in the reserves. So, I mean, to play in the reserves back then was a, a fantastic achievement. And, and I was actually at the Man City School of Excellence, you know, from... Uh, 13, for a couple of years, 13, 14 years of age. So everyone expected me to go down the, you know, the, the football route, bearing in mind that no one in, from the family had ever done it. But uh, I don't know, there was just something in me. The first time I went to the gym and, and someone cracked me on the chin, you know, where you feel, most people go, oh, I, I tried boxing, I got it, oh, I didn't like it. I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. And I thought, oh, that, no, that's it for me. And I love the, the fact that, even at a very young age, you know, where... If you'd had a bad spa, I love the fact that you'd have to go home and you, you know, you think about it and get your game plan together and go. In. And it's just, it's a very addictive sport, boxing. You either like it or you, you don't like it. But uh, yeah, very strange where it, uh, where it come from. Nobody in the family had previously done it. I had it, actually did kickboxing before I, um, before I did boxing. Cause I was into all the Bruce Lee films, but because I've, I've always been a, like, a little short ass, my me, me, me legs weren't that long, so I was no good at the kicking. But you could see I was a, had a talent with me uh, with my fists. And um, the kickboxing coach said to me, he "said Listen, Ricky, you know, what I mean, you have you been too short and stocky? You know, kickboxing might not be the game for you, but you've got a talent with your fists. Why don't you go over the road and give the boxing a try?" And it basically started from there. Yeah. Was there a, a boxer that you looked up to that you at the time? you admired that made you want to be like Nigel uh, Ben right uh, Nigel Ben he was he was me, me hero at the uh, at the time because he was the one that was on the TV massively exciting always went for the uh, for the knockout so Nigel Ben was probably my first uh, boxing hero and then as I went um, I got more and more into the sport and I knew and I started watching videos of fighters of old and I think my favourite fighter of all time was uh, Roberto Duran and um, had so many, many good times with Roberto Duran, you know, and you think, you, you know, 
he's your hero, and uh, now he's my mate a, a little, a little bit. You know, we don't speed dial every week. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of the, couple of the times I've had with him has been, oh my god, an absolute, an absolute dream. But I've always, you know, I'm an admirer of all styles of boxing. But it was always the people that give value for money. You know, where they're at. So there's, you know, Nigel Ben. You know what I mean? How can you not be a fan of Nigel Ben when you used to see him fight and Rebel Duran, Julio Cesar Chavez, and Mike Tyson when he when he first won the title as a uh, as a twenty year old? God, gee, it was man. unbelievable, wasn't it? Imagine finding him in bed with your missus. You took him in, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the last joke. I would, would would Duran be but, the yeah. best pound for pound boxer that you? He was seen? my favourite pound uh, pound for pound, and he was in an era probably the. The um, the biggest era in, in that we've we've ever had, you know, to have like Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Ernst, Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, all in the in the same era. I, I don't think that era will ever be uh, topped. But I just uh, I just like Roberto what he stands for. He was he was a man of his people, you know. At the time, you know, Panama was in um, problems with. Um, not problems, but you know, with with the United States, we were trying to keep the Panama Noriega out, and all and that. Was yeah, all that that thing going on, and he stayed loyal to his. He was always proud of his fans. He always took on the best. He was up in weight, down in weight, and you know, Roberto John will probably be remembered as the greatest lightweight that ever lived. But when you think lightweight's nine stone nine, you know, mid middleweight, which is where he competed with Leonard and. Hagler and, and he's eleven stone six. Do you know what it's I mean? A big difference. He was a, he was a, he was a lot lot smaller man than than Tommy Ernst and Marvin Hagler than Sugar Ray Leonard. But I mean, he was able to uh, still compete with him. I mean, when he first won the title against Ken Buchanan, you know, he was he was he was a he was that he was that big, really really small years earlier, and he still was able to mix it and compete with the likes of Leonard Hagler Hearns. That's, that's why he was uh, my favourite, just stylistically and just uh, what he stood for, for his people. That's why, uh, that's why I loved him, yeah. I've got you at a, an interesting time because we're sandwiched in between two big fights. So we've just had AJ fighting uh, Usyk at the weekend and we've got Tyson Fury and Wilder um, on Saturday. What, um, what did you think of the, the fight? The, the AJ fight. Well, the, I think the AJ fight. I think, I think that nothing would have surprised us in the outcome. I mean, AJ was, you know, was capable of outboxing um, Usyk. Usyk was like, capable of outboxing AJ. I think because of his size, AJ was certainly capable of knocking out Usyk. And because AJ's been a little bit weak on the, or looked a little bit weak on the, the chin at times. I think Usyk was capable of. So it wasn't quite, um, anything could have happened on the night, but I don't think we expected it to be so one-sided as it, as, it, as it was. Do you know what I mean? And for usage to, you know, with people that are, you know, like your Frank Brunos and like your AJ, that are very big upper body and everything like that, they need to set themselves in order to punch, don't they? And usage was never stood in front of him for one minute. You know, AJ had to keep his setting himself and for a big fella that is difficult to to do but I um, and I don't think we can blame we can't I'd rather than say AJ didn't do this didn't do that I think that would be unfair to AJ I think we've just got to take it off to usage and say that was a masterclass 
an absolute masterclass. Yeah. Did you read too much? There's a few people commented I've seen about the, the ring walk. AJ's ring walk, he looked a bit like he wasn't focused. Did you, did you, what do you think about that? Uh, it's hard to say. A lot of, they said a lot before the... Um, they said a lot before the uh, Ruiz fight, didn't they? They said his head didn't look right and he didn't look quite on it. And I, I don't... Um, I don't know. I just... Uh, listen, everyone, you know, prepares in a different way. And I, listen, when you see what AJ has achieved in boxing, he's, he goes without saying, he's got a wonderful team behind me. But I only look from my point of view. I used to like Billy Graham, Kerry Kays, my trainer, my nutritionist, and my coachman in the corner. And I was looking um, at AJ's corner. It looked like organised fucking chaos. There must have been about six or seven heads in the corner, all shouting right. shit at him. Right. One, one, you know, I don't know if that, you know, because obviously... It's worked for him in the past. Whatever he's, he's done, he's, he's done a good job. He's done the, he's done the country massively, uh, massively proud. But um, I, um, I don't know. You can always, if it had knocked him out in two rounds, we wouldn't have been talking about the ring. Exactly. Would we? You know what I mean? But it's always you try and pick, pick things. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? I just think we've got to give credit to you. It's you got it. Brilliant. Brilliant. It just one of those things that that I was thinking was. Um, the, he was underweight, wasn't he, AJ? He's normally yeah. He trimmed down a little bit. About, um, he, he trimmed down a little bit, no. But I mean, I think Usic is a lot cleverer than what we give him give him credit for. He um, when his fight with David Chisora and all that, and I am convinced he didn't show. He, he looked slower, right? As he put the weight on and moved up into the heavyweight division, he looked slower, and um, I think he done it purposely. Because there was nothing slow about him on Saturday night, were there? But in his previous two fights, he did look slower. And I think AJ trimmed down to give eight so AJ could give himself a little bit of speed to try and, you know, if he's looked slow because he's bulked up, you know, AJ trimmed down for that, that little bit of speed. But I think um I, I think he's a lot cleverer than what we think. I think purposely he, he might have you know, he took the brakes off purposely so he, you know, he could get the fight, you know what I mean? And then, um, and I think in that last round, if you remember in the last round, he shook him up near the end, didn't he? If it, if it, if they carried on and you, there's well, every I, chance I, he'd have been I out, think he it? could have done that maybe two or three rounds earlier and maybe, maybe no disrespect to AJ, I love AJ, but no disrespect to him, he could have maybe done that two or three rounds earlier. And I think he's clever. He's thinking, you know what? I mean, I've won this, but if there's going to be a rematch, I'm just, I'm just letting AJ know in that last round. Listen, you've not seen the best of me. Look what I've got in the tank still. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what it, what it, I think that's what it was. You know, to be honest, if AJ's watching that fight, thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, what I mean, he, he could have maybe put his foot on the gas three or four rounds earlier, but he just give us, he just give him a little taste in the last round, and he go. Hey, you've not seen the best of me yet, which, bearing in mind how good AJ is, is a scary thought, isn't it? Mm. Well, uh, let me pick you up on something you just said there. So you just said, obviously, there's going to be a rematch, isn't there? Because it's in the contract. What do you you'd, think about... You'd, you'd think so, but I think rematches are fucking well, killing yeah, boxing. They're yeah, killing boxing, What do you think because, about because that being in the contract? Causes, that, yeah. That's why AJ and, and Tyson... Um, it's probably not happened in, you know, in, in, in the first place. I mean, you know... Listen, it's a dangerous fight for Tyson still, and even though he, he he beat him up quite, you know, convincingly in the last fight, Wilder Wilder can it. But I mean, is it a fight you want to watch? 
I, I watch it because it's my mate. Exactly, my, my, yeah. My mate but, fighting, but I mean, I don't know what the fuck we're watching that for again, to be honest with you. you know, there should be a rematch clause in, and it should be de depending on your previous performance. He walks through him. Yeah, he does, yeah. So why has he got a fucking rematch? Yeah, no, I'm with you. You don't you, want to watch a rematch of someone who's just beat someone up. Do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes these, you don't know what's in the contract. You know, you don't know what AJ's got in the contract. I've got an immediate rematch with Usic, and then you know, and then Usic say he beats AJ, AJ or AJ beats Usic, then Usic might have a rematch clause, and say you know, say. Wilder beats Tyson, which you don't think so, then fucking Tyson might have a rematch clause. And before you know it, it's... Where does it come from? Is it, is it people, the army of people around the two fighters thinking, well, we've now got guaranteed income for three fights. Is that how it works? I think that's exactly what it is. Which is uh, counterproductive to what we yeah, want. We that's want exactly what it is. But, yeah. you know, and I think if you're going to have a rematch clause, because they're edging the bets, isn't they? Being all... You know, promoters are working so hard in order to get the fight on. All right, you can have your fight, but we want this, want this. And I think they think, oh, let's just get the fight signed. And then, you know, but you don't realise the avalanche, what happens after, which is, you know, which is headache. Because ultimately, I mean, you know, AJ's got, we want we want Tyson and AJ, don't we? AJ's, AJ's just got beat, Usage has just got beat. So we've lost. The only fight we was really asked about, wasn't it? Which was, which was well. I mean, I now want to see Fury Usyk. Do you know I, what I mean? Well, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, you, you'd say, right, you, you know, we wanted Tyson and AJ. Now Usyk has beat AJ. Right, let Tyson box Usyk, and if he beats Usyk, then let AJ have a yeah. crack at redeeming himself. Yeah. That's. It's night and day, and that's the obvious thing, you know. You, you do, but it's like you know. I think the world, the the boxing world, is as I think it, it's nowhere near what it was. I mean, a few years ago, we used to complain, didn't we, that there was too many weight divisions, there was too many belts. What have you got now? You've got world champion, interim world champion, uh, uh, title fights made out of catch weight, you know. Catch weight, catch sports, MMA fighting YouTubers. <laughs> the best, best pound for pound fighter in the world fighting a fucking YouTuber. Oh, for God's sake. You know, years ago, we just had to worry about how many bells there was. Yeah. You know, now, now, now Melly, if you've got 72 million followers, give them a pair of boxing gloves and fucking sell it for millions. It's <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, <laughs> and I think the box, I think, I think that's, you know, you know, we've, you know, we've, what happened to the the best fought the best and you know you know and it's you know but now it's rematch clauses and mixed sports and mixed this I think the entertainment it was disgraceful that Evander Holyfield got knocked out you know you know a few weeks ago how how is this being allowed to and I think that the models of boxing is being swapped for the pound you know for for the you know for for the entertainment. It's always been big money, but it's they're now entertainment of creative seems more, ways. Entertainment seems more not important yeah. now than the actual morals of the game. You know, the just I mean, going back to the um, the Fury Wilder fight. I mean, you you mates with Tyson, obviously. Um, is I mean, how, how does he get himself up for that fight? Because he's he's already proved himself. 
Wilder's the one who wants to prove himself. Well, I think, you know, he, 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 well, I thought he won the first fight. He got a draw. He won the, he won the first fight, yeah. But then, but then he beat him up in the second yeah. fight. But I mean, Tyson's a, you know, professional. And ultimately, you know, he uh, he knows what, what what Wilder did to him in that first fight. You know what I mean? He knocked him down. He, Wilder can hit, you know. I probably He's not probably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Far from it. But as far as power punching, you know, goals, knockout, brutal power, he probably is one of the hardest punchers in heavyweight history. And that's what Tyson, knowing Tyson like I do, that's what Tyson will have in his mind. I know I beat you up last time, but um, but I still know you. I still know you can hit. And we all we all know when heavyweights hit you on the on, on the chin, any anything you know can happen. Can, can happen. But uh, I think. Um, Tyson has, has, has left, um, I, I think, I can't say how Wilder can mentally come back and, 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 and win, win that fight. I know um, when I got beat by Manny Pacquiao, because I, I was Ricky Hatton, I was a bully one year, I was strong, I used to, I like to think I was a little bit of an hard man of boxing, if you, if you like. And then when I got knocked out by Manny Pacquiao in two rounds, you know, I thought, I never thought anyone would destroy me like that. And my head, as everyone knows, my head fell off, you know what I mean? I really, really struggled with coming to terms with it because one minute I'm bashing everybody, you know, and then all of a sudden I get knocked out in two rounds. It was very hard for me to um, to take on board and cope with. And I think it will be the, the same with Wilder. Don't forget, Wilder's just blasting through everybody. Mm. Then all of a sudden, Tyson just goes and absolutely beats him up. And I think that's a, a mental scar that... Um, I think if Tyson gets off to a, a good start, I think he'll crumble wilder. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's you, you, you've just related it to yourself with Pacquiao. You must have felt infallible until that moment and for you to deal with the fact that... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very hard. Going into that fight, sorry, I mean, you don't have to answer this if you don't want, but was the training camp okay? And was every, did you no, the, the training camp was crap. Was it? Um, and I'm not using it as an, an excuse. Everyone's always got an excuse why you got beat, haven't you? you know? But I mean, I thought for me, whether the referee wasn't, wasn't the best, and I don't, and I think, I like to think most fight fans would agree with that. I'm not saying I'd have won anyway. But by the time I fought Pacquiao, I had a lot of miles on the clock. My best days were maybe a little bit behind me because I've obviously, you know, I've been in a lot of hard fights and burnt the candle both. Mm -hmm. Never, never really looked looked after myself as like I like I should have done. But um, no, the training camp was was terrible. I mean, for you know Floyd Mayweather Senior, when I uh, fought Manny Pacquiao, he did six weeks training camp with me, and he. Um, he, he, he trained me into the ground, trained me into the ground. He was sparring Monday, sparring Tuesday, sparring Wednesday, sparring Thursday. Well, Billy Graham used to let you have an hard day and then let you have a, a day, let your body recover a little bit, then have another hard day and that. Well, Floyd was like that. And I got away with it from the man and RG fight. I thought, he's trying to kill me here, Floyd. Floyd, what's he trying to do? And uh, I got away with it. But then for the Pacquiao fight, instead of doing six weeks like I did for Malinardi, I did nine weeks, and I think it was that extra. I think it was that extra three weeks that that really killed me. And I wish I'd have opened my mouth and gone Floyd. I've done enough twelve rounders. I can do twelve rounders in my sleep. I know I'll do twelve rounders, but you're killing me. You know, if you don't let me have a couple of days ease off here, you, you're gonna burn me out. And with all the experience that I have, I wish I'd have, wish I'd have opened me my mouth and said, "This Floyd." 
no, I'm having a couple of days off here. And also, he, uh, Manny Pacquiao was a southpaw, and he couldn't do southpaw pads. And any boxer will tell you, you know, your pad work is preparation for your sparring. Mm -hmm. And your sparring is preparation for the fight. That's how it, that's how it works. But, you know, to, to be doing, you know, orthodox pad work when you're fighting someone who's a southpaw, um, so even though I'm not making excuses, I've just thrown a couple of whoppers. No, no, it's interesting. But that's me. But that, that's you know, no, it wasn't. And I'm not saying I'd have won the fight if I'd have had southpaw pads. I'm not saying I'd have won the fight if I'd have had a couple of days off here and there. Because Manny Pacquiao was blasting everyone away at the time. Well, tell me, on the day of the fight, did you all this stuff was that going on in your head, yeah. or did you feel in tip-top yeah. no, condition when no, you went? No, no, no. I uh, I was walking to the ring thinking. I just hope I get him with a left hook to the body early on, and right. it's all over here and that. Because I, I just, I could, I could tell in the last two weeks, sparring partners, I was knocking the shit out of three or four weeks earlier. Uh, I couldn't lay a glove on him coming down the home straight, which you know. So I'm going, to, I'm walking to the ring. I think, God, I couldn't lay a glove on them sparring partners. What we're going to do with fucking money, Pacquiao here? You know what I mean? And my, my head was. Absolutely gone, and uh, you could see in the fight, I was a little bit reckless, you know, and everything like that. And I, I think I, I knew I'd already lost the fight, fight before I got in the ring. Yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, it's been I've loved it. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate My pleasure. it. My what's going to be? What's the score going to be on Sunday? <laughs> I uh, listen. It's going to. It's always going to be a nip and tuck game, in it. You know, um, City, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, and all them. I think they're the main three. That are going to be going for the title. Not so United, no. I don't think no, they won't be there, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know. I think I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with any win. I think I'd go for a for a for a for a two one or a three two. I thought you would take. I think maybe three two because I think there could be goals in it. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, listen, thanks very much. I really Pleasure. appreciate your time. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a little subscribe, click the like button, and uh, comment if you've got any questions. Thanks very much, Ricky. Appreciate Pleasure. it. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.